October 2nd. It Welcome is October 2nd. To fall. It felt like fall here this morning. It was 56 degrees when I walked out of the door. It was raining. The leaves are like turning sort of. But fall, I think, is here. And uh, that is exciting. And cooler weather means what? Uh, it means indoor activity. Yes, it does. Kyle, it definitely means indoor activity. So, you know, and, and that's going to be a challenge this year, yep. specifically in, you know, the COVID-19 time, because so many of our members have been using that outside space to expand their club's capacity during the warm weather. Yeah, so they're going to have to get creative. Absolutely. They're definitely going to have to get innovative. And, you know, especially for clubs that, you know, have very busy um, holiday seasons with fall and winter events, how are they handling that? So this topic actually came up on CMA's Connect community discussion, uh, as well as in a number of, of other um, just one-on-one -on -one conversations that I know many of our team has had. So we've decided to kind of tap into the responses and, uh, um, to, from our Connect community yeah. to talk about what are these fun um, fall and winter events. So let's talk fall and winter event ideas on this episode of Let's Talk Club Management. Um, we are joined first by Susan Schenkel, CCMCCE. She's the general manager of the Woodstock Club in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she's going to share with us some of the things that uh, her team has put together for the fall and what they're looking forward to. So here's Susan. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. As Melissa mentioned, uh, we saw your, your comment in the conversation on CMA Connect um, regarding, you know, fall and winter event ideas that are COVID friendly and, you know, how, how are we considering COVID in, in terms of planning some events as people start to move inside? And we know that this is going to be a, if not a pain point for a lot of managers, it's certainly going to be a challenge um, as the weather starts to turn cooler and doing things outside becomes less of an option in many parts of the country. Um, so first, we wanted to, to check in with you and just see how you're doing. You know, it's been a wild year. <laughs> how is Susan? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm hanging in there. Um, I will say that it's definitely been a lot of sleepless nights the first few months of COVID and probably one or two every week since <laughs> where you wake up in the middle of the night thinking, okay, I have a hundred things I have to replan tomorrow or redo or try to make happen. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. and I, we so can certainly yeah. relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we're not in the business that we get to work from home. <laughs> Extra challenging for sure. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, we never we never shut down. It was literally on Sunday we found out that on Monday the city was shutting down. So on Tuesday we started takeout and literally just revamped from Sunday at five o'clock till Tuesday. That's incredible. I mean, but that speaks to the incredible innovation and adaptability that you all have in this role. Um, to, well, and to a lot of staff to... that wants to work. Yes. It, well, more importantly, right. <laughs> I mean, people that have families to support and, and want to be here at their job. Absolutely. That's 100% correct. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Woodstock Club? Um, how long have you been there? And uh, yeah, just give us a little taste. Okay. Well, I'd say um, Woodstock to me is a very unique club. Um, we are a nine-hole golf course. Uh, we have been a private club since 1898. 
Oh, wow. Originally, we were the Indianapolis Country Club, and then they chose to move to a bigger property, have an 18-hole golf course and a larger campus, and the members in the early 1900s wanted to still have a club on the property here. So in 1914, pardon me, 1915, we became Woodstock Club, and we're a little unique in the model. Um, we have nine holes um, of golf. We have eight clay tennis courts, uh, pickle, paddle, swimming. Um, we don't have fitness. Uh, we don't have a driving range or very much in the way of practice facilities because we are fairly landlocked. Mm -hmm. um, we have one category of membership. You are or you aren't. <laughs> Simple. So that makes, I like that because it makes to me for a very harmonious club. Um, the members are all in. They're all in at the same stake. There's not everybody saying, oh, the golfers get everything. The tennis players eat up all our resources and those pool members are cheap. Um, <laughs> um, so we have a lot of, a lot of history. I'm big in the tennis scene in the um, uh, mid uh, like 50s, 60s, 70s with the Western Opens. Um, first golf hole west of the Allegheny Mountains. Um, so our club has a, you know, a lot of history and a lot of tradition. Um, I've been here 17 and a half years. Um, it was actually my first experience in a member-owned club. Um, I had grown up in the corporate world um, working for a developer and then into the American golf sector for five years. And then this has been my first experience with a member-owned club. And I would say it's just wonderful. I have the nicest group of 500 people to work for. Oh, that's fabulous. We love that. We love that. Yeah. Well, so to work I, I bet, I bet. So you talk a lot about having tradition at your club, and I'm sure that there are events at the club that happen year over year. Um, and I'm assuming some of those are in the fall and winter. So how are you adapting some of the stuff that you would normally do um, moving into the, you know, these next two seasons and what has changed? I would say probably the biggest thing is we're trying to do everything outside or as much as possible. Um, we're also not trying to feel like everything has to be a sellout or that to be successful, it has to have 200 people. Um, success nowadays is 20 people or 25 people. It's, it's not large numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so we took, went back a couple months ago and said, okay, what do we, we need to plan for the fall. We know winter's coming. We live in Indiana where, you know, we can be 51 day, 80 the next, 30 the day after or snow. Um, so we have to, had to kind of plan. So first and foremost, we invested in um, 10 outdoor heaters and that was to help prolong just dining. Um, but they also have come in very handy for outside events. Um, we traditionally do an end of the summer party poolside mm -hmm. um, that's usually in August. And we said, let's wait and kind of see if our COVID rules change this year. Um, so the heaters came in handy. We made that party late September. Um, it was a cool night. Of course, the day, two days beforehand, it was but the night of the party. We were, you know, barely 60. Um, but we turned them on earlier, set the party outside, um, shortened the hours, didn't have a dance floor, but did have some music, and went to a plated served meal with steak and lobster versus a buffet with steak, lobster, crab legs, things like that. Um, and so the heaters have been great because we can prolong the outside. Sure. Um, some of the other things we've said, okay, what would we normally be doing inside a movie night, a bingo night that we could try outside? Mm -hmm. um, 
And we've incorporated some ideas that we've just seen other clubs do over the years, um, such as a dog happy hour. I've never done a dog happy hour. We did it last Saturday night, had 10 families who came, about, about 30 people all in all, and about, I think there were 11 or 12 dogs. Um, they had a great time. It wasn't a large event. It was two hours. And as I said, it's a little less than 30 people very socially distanced, but they had a nice time. And it was interesting because some of these events have caused members to meet people they wouldn't normally meet oh, because cool. they're not thinking about getting that table of 10 together or coming to everything with their pals. Sure. I hadn't thought of that, but that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I was, it was, it was nice to see the interaction um, because I, I, being here so long, you know who hangs in what groups and, right. and who knows each other. So it was really nice to see people meeting people that they didn't know or finding out, oh, my gosh, you're my neighbor. And, and we're both members of the same club and didn't have any idea. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, yeah, that's... This year, particularly, because there hasn't been as many chances for people to meet or interact with others. Sure. Absolutely. So. Um, I love the fact that you guys are just trying to prolong the time outside. I think getting something like heaters is, well, really just smart. And it's something that you can use year over year. Um, so it's not like a, a one-time fix for this weird world that we live in now. Um, but what about, like, as, as winter truly comes around, are you thinking about, like, when things do have to come inside, what's that going to look like? You know, I'm, we're, we're actually planning Thanksgiving right now. Um, traditionally for us, Thanksgiving is a large buffet. It's our smallest ever holiday per se, but still, you know, three, 400 people that'll come for a nice brunch buffet. Mm -hmm. um, in the state of Indiana, we can have buffets, but they cannot be open to guests helping themselves. Um, so we're really saying, how do we revamp that? Do we mm -hmm. just change it all up where it's maybe a little bit more interactive and it's food stations with the chef serving or creating right there in front of them um, versus just going through your traditional buffet line? Um, so, and of course, we'll continue with the carryout. And I think carryout will be much bigger this Thanksgiving than years past because there'll be those who don't want to come to the club. Sure, sure. Um, Knock on wood, I am an older building, so I do have very, very high ceilings. Um, so for a lot of members, that's a positive. Um, mm -hmm. We've done the airflow exchange rates and gotten with our HVAC companies and are assuring our members, hey, if you are inside, you will be socially distanced. We've got great air turnover. Um, we got a grant for a... Um, uh, light UV system that will help kill uh, bacteria, germs, you know, all the stuff we need to get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, so we're kind of hoping that by doing some of the smaller events inside, because we'll continue the movie nights, we'll continue bingo, we'll continue some of those. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just doing them in smaller groups, and those that are comfortable are going to come, and those that aren't, aren't. Oh, well, I think that that's really where we're at right now, right? Like that's sort of the new measuring stick. I like what you said earlier about sort of redefining what a successful event looks like in terms of it's not if it's sold out with, you know, two or 300 people, but it's successful if we get 25 or 30 people there and they have a great time and it's safe and people feel comfortable and then they want to come back and they feel good coming back, right? Um, so I think that mindset is really an important thing to, to have and understand that shift. And I think that, that um, I love what you said. I just think that was fantastic. So 
Um, talking about some of these changes in these events, have you gotten, like, I would assume your member feedback over this year has been fairly positive if people are engaging and coming to these events, but um, has their feedback been good and has the staff feedback been good? You know, staff feedback to begin with was, I would say, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. um, from the aspect that there's added work for the staff um, by doing everything outside. You're, you know, we're schlepping everything in and out. There's, there's just more movement, sure. and more moving parts. Um, in the middle of the summer, when we were doing some of these outside events, it's hot, um, it's humid, um, so that wasn't fun to be in your uniform outside all day long when you're not used to that. Right. Um, but, you know, now it's more positive. They're kind of embracing the fact that we're doing something different. Um, mm -hmm. It's not just the same old carry out and dining room. Uh, we're back having parties. We're, we're, you know, we're, they're seeing more members, and that's been the positive side. Um, the members feedback has been awesome. Um, I mean, it isn't, there doesn't a day go by that somebody doesn't say, you know, thank you for all you guys are doing. I, you know, I belong to other clubs. They're not doing near what you guys are doing, or they're bringing us ideas of clubs that are doing things different than us. Um, I think probably the biggest thing for me was some of my older members who felt like they couldn't use the club because of, because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, had thought about resigning, but actually contacted me and said, you know, Susan, I'm not going to resign because the club is doing so many good things for, for us, for the community, for your staff, that we just don't feel like it's the right, right for us to leave the club right now. And I thought that was just a really unique outcome. <laughs> a unique and welcome outcome, I'm sure. Definitely, because I, I mean, this year's been hard. I have 25% of my membership over the 80, over the age of 80, and oh. I've lost seven members to death this year. Not COVID related, just but, sadly, you know. Um, and that's that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for Sorry. sharing that. I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that some of these changes due to the pandemic have. They've been positive in many ways, but they have presented challenges to staff, and it is hard. It is hard to adjust your normal workflow, your normal routines, as you said, when you're outside all day long and it's hot and it's humid and you're used to being in air conditioning. That can make for a very long, sticky, sweaty work day, um, and it can be really uncomfortable and not fun, but I think it's important to acknowledge a lot of those challenges, but you know, balance that with, you know, there's, there's been so much positive feedback at the same time that, you know, those, those challenges that you're facing are deeply appreciated um, by your membership. And I think it, that's, that makes the work worth doing, you know, I think that's. And I think the members are a little more forgiving if things aren't perfect um, right. because they realize that those, the team members are, are doing more than the, what they would normally be asked to do. Absolutely. Melissa and I talk a lot about the importance of giving grace, like in times of yeah. challenge. And I think that this globally is a time in which we all probably need to give each other a little bit more grace. And I think that's a perfect example of that. Things are tough. So give everybody a little room and uh, we're, we can be successful together that way. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Successful together. Correct. Correct. So we've talked through some of the challenges you faced um, and some of the positive feedback you've gotten. Um, were there any like unexpected outcomes from the changes that you've implemented over the year or that you're looking to implement as you move forward or maybe any unintended consequences of those? 
I think the, the probably the biggest positive is that members are continuing to refer their friends for membership because they feel like it's a little bit maybe more of a safe haven and that there's things going on that they can say, oh, yeah, the club is doing this and doing that. And it's not like they belong to somewhere that isn't giving them anything mm-hmm. at this COVID. So I think that's been nice is that membership has, has grown or has increased. And we first went into this, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be a rough year. How many resignations are we going to have? And, you know, am I going to bring one in and lose two? Um, <laughs> but that didn't happen. So I think that's a definitely a positive, unexpected outcome of COVID. Um, For sure. It brought this team together a little bit, um, mm-hmm. you know, staff-wise, because we're all working through these things together. We're all you know, doing more than we're, no, you're, we're used to. Um, when we've had to, we did recently furlough a couple staff members, but everybody understood that was the way that we all get to keep our jobs and we get to keep going. Um, we, as our private club, were heavily dependent on our members having weddings or mm-hmm. business events. And, and if you don't have those, for me, that's seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000 out of my budget. And I have to figure out, well, how am I getting that back? Right. I got a lot of carryouts to make up for that. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, I think one unextended thing is the staff has been really excited about trying to do some different videos. And when we first got into this, it was, you know, all about, okay, let's just try to get the to go going because we were doing nothing in the club. And the staff was having a lot of fun with videos, with making cocktail videos and, and just having fun with, with work and the social media. So it, it did help to get some staff people involved and maybe thinking outside their box a little. I would totally like echo that. I think we've heard that from other folks as well. Um, there's been a big bump in certain club social media presence and not just social media, but then also like what they're offering to their members in terms of that sort of virtual connection of, yeah, we can do these cool cocktail demos or, you know, the chef can get in front of the camera and walk people through how to make a meal or, or whatever it might be. But it's, it's provided a lot of cool opportunities for people to, like you said, stretch their, their talents a little bit, get outside the comfort zone, work outside the box. So that's cool. Yeah, and that's, that's been fun. I just sheer talents. I mean, you know, a lot of the mm-hmm. members are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could do that. I mean, one of my assistants was is a DJ. <laughs> so he DJed on the front lawn and during carryouts, you know, people would come by and get their carryout and he'd be out there playing music while they were driving by and they'd hang out and, you know, for a little bit. And they're like, oh my gosh, we didn't know you were a musician or you were a DJ. I love it. That's so fun. That's so much fun. Yeah, that's been fun. I mean, different, but fun. Sure. Um, yeah, we're all probably manager wise, we're all probably trying to take like mini vacations um, because we're working more than normal hours mm-hmm. wise in a day. So we are trying to schedule more, you know, just staycations with our families or trying to get two or three days off in a row on a regular basis. That makes sense. And that helps keep us sane a little. <laughs> Absolutely. Mental health days. They're very important. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. And, it, and I think it's important for our, our, our team members, too. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when they've been off, it hasn't been a problem. Um, so, you know, it's been nice. Awesome. Well, cool. I have one last question for you, Susan. Um, because this is, is October and Halloween is our favorite holiday, uh, one of the ideas you shared about was your fall fest, which is replacing your traditional Halloween party. And we just need to know what a candy graveyard is. 
<laughs> well, how we can get one. <laughs> you're going to make your own. Okay. Um, but I, I actually, I actually kind of Googled Halloween events, and it was one that came up on Pinterest or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And literally, you'd make grave markers. And so it's like you're, you're following like a little path through the graveyard, and each gravestone has like a candy basket. So you're going to kind of trick or treat to the gravestones. Oh, I like it. I love it. I yeah. love it. Okay, Melissa. So what, what else? <laughs> I was going to say, I love candy, but um, yeah. <laughs> so what other outside activities are you guys going to be doing? Um, we'll continue with our hayride, um, but we'll, you know, do that based on how many people need to be in, uh, how many are in the family, et cetera. Sure. So that'll be a little different than usual. Um, normally, we have some sort of haunted maze or haunted house, but we're not going that route because we really just couldn't figure out how we could do that well outside um, on a budget. Um, you know, certainly if our pockets were unlimited, that would be a lot different. Um we're going to incorporate more outside things, um, games for kids to play, scavenger hunt. Um, besides the candy, there'll be more of a, you know, you can go on a family scavenger hunt. Um, the food is more handheld food versus sitting down for a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of maybe street fair food or, you know, that type of thing. Um, so we've kind of changed that and we're planning on everything to being outside. So keep your fingers crossed for no rain or not freezing cold. Weather. <laughs> it's Indiana. We can't make any promises. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could have all three in one day. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that sounds amazing, um, and it, it sounds like a really cool stretch to, to do all those unique new things, and, and I know your members yeah, will love it. We're doing a pumpkin patch, so come get your pumpkin, and they can decor, they can carve it here at the club or take it home and carve it. Um, we've purchased individual carving sets for the kids, very oh, low. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to do things that we're not putting a lot of cash out, um, so we don't have a lot of expense, but to still make it fun and that you're going to go home with something individual to you. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I think that wraps us up for this conversation. Um, Thank you for joining us again, Susan. This has been wonderful. Um, Obviously we're excited to hear about all the fall activities, but I've also loved hearing your perspective on just what COVID COVID time has looked like for you. I think there's a lot of really good takeaways from that conversation. Um, We really appreciate your time and we hope you stay well. Well, I hope the same for you all. Speaking of events, we are excited to introduce our colleague, Alana Ross, CMA's Membership Services Coordinator. Her title does not, it it belies what she actually does because it sounds very like contained, but really Alana's a wizard. And she's a rock star. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, and she joined our team. We were just lamenting the fact that this is the first time we've had her on the podcast and she's been with us for what, nine, 10 months at this point. Almost 10. Yeah. Almost 10. So we apologize profusely for neglecting to uh, share her with our listeners, but we wanted to keep her to ourselves cause she's the best. Um, <laughs> but she truly is, um, Membership services doesn't really encapsulate everything that Alana does. She helps us with event registrations and new membership applications and a little bit of everything here and there. She's kind of a jack of all trades. So lucky you and lucky us, really. 
<laughs> well, we're so happy to have her on the podcast with us today um, and get to know her a little bit better. Um, so welcome, Alana. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so we wanted to get started. And like I said, we want to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to start with some fun questions. First, tell us a little bit about yourself. The funnest. Yes. Um, so I grew up in Fairfax, Virginia, which for anyone who doesn't like know where headquarters is, is very close to headquarters. So um, I know the area well. And then I went to James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and had worked in the hospitality industry in different restaurants and a winery near campus. Um, so I originally had gone to JMU for music, but switched to hospitality management and really loved it. I fell in love with uh, country clubs in my senior year. They just felt like really cool communities because in my work experience in restaurants and stuff, you would have, you know, an interesting experience with a customer and then you would never see them again. Yep. And I really loved the idea of in clubs, like developing the relationships with members. So after college, I moved to New York and worked at the Tuxedo Club, which was a super immersive experience. I lived on property and um, got to experience a little bit of everything at the club, which is great because it was the first time that I had experienced clubs. Um, and then I decided to come a little bit back closer to home and worked at Kenwood Golf and Country Club as the membership director for three years. And then I started at CMAA in January. So I love, I love that I come from the club world. And so I have been a member for, gosh, like six or seven years at this point, And I still hold an individual membership for now yeah. for now <laughs> um i want to just touch on that point the thing that you said about how clubs are a community i think that's one of the biggest things that we try to talk about with our student members in particular is the difference between clubs and other hospitality spaces, right? Like hotels or restaurants where you see people on that one-off basis. You might have a repeat customer, but it's going to be few and far between that you're going to see the same people on a regular basis. Whereas like you said, when you're working at a club, it's very community oriented, familial. You're seeing the same people day in, day out, and you get to know them really well and you build a great rapport and a great relationship with those people. Um, and I think that that's such a cool aspect of this industry. Um, and I love that. And I like that you like that too, because that means that we get to keep you. Um, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Before we go any further, I want to go back to the, you were a music major. Yeah, wait, um, what is that? So were you a voice major? Are you, do, you, do you have an instrument? As you know, Kyle has an, an, an amazing voice um, that we have tapped into. So we always like to know what other... Um, who else Talent we can exploit? Might have. That's, I'm not. It's uh, not exploitation. Okay. Yeah, I I did. Uh, I was aiming to be a voice major, and I was aiming to um, be a music industry major. So I wanted to do like concert programming and stuff. My dream was to work at like the Kennedy Center or Wolf Trap or something, which is amazing. Their program, right? Awesome. Um, but JMU's program is really really hard to get into I tried twice and didn't make it and so I minored in music industry instead 
um, and decided I would rather keep music as like a hobby just for myself instead of yes. possibly getting sick of it. I feel you. How much? <laughs> so we must ask, how is your version of the national anthem? Yeah. Woody, I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> We're not going to do a, a sing-off, don't worry, because I don't No, want to no, 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 anyway. not at all, not at all. I'm just, I'm always looking, I'm always looking for um, backup. She's singer. tired of me and uh, wants some new people. I don't blame her. Not at all, not Fine. at all. Just, we could do it. Just, are, what voice part are you? I was a soprano. Okay, well. Were you a first <laughs> soprano or a second soprano? I was the first soprano. Oh, I did all no. of the- <laughs> yeah. We're going to fight now cuz <laughs> <laughs> I don't I definitely do not have the range anymore. Like I I've lost a lot of my uh like training. Girl same. <laughs> same. Good uh, to know. Good to have in the back pocket. Yeah, so well, we could still we could still do at it. We could figure Absolutely. it out. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you love music, obviously, um, which leads us to our next question. What are you passionate about? We know you love music. You mentioned that you worked at a winery and we know that you love wine also. Like what, what things do you love? I, I mean, too. Yeah. I love music. I love wine. Um, I've always wanted to take the first sommelier exam, like the first level of it. I think that would be super cool. So that's like a bucket list item. Um, I'm passionate about like people, which is weird as an introvert, but I really love, I love like my people. Um, and so deepening those relationships, like my community with my friends and family. Um, and I love, like, I'm passionate about challenging myself and learning new things, uh, like new platforms and stuff. We got, you know, our new event management system here and I just dove headfirst into it and got certified because I was like this is fun it feels like solving a puzzle and I love a good puzzle so um I'm just gonna say for those of you listening you can't see that Melissa and I are vigorously nodding along to everything Alana is saying because similarly (laughs) you are talking to two introverts who like a select group of people very much so Mm -hmm. we keep our circle tight yeah. <laughs> important. Um, I like that you like to challenge yourself. I would agree that Melissa and I also enjoy that aspect of not just work, but like personal growth. Cause I think, mm-hmm. um, learning new things is something that I love. Like I just love learning and it could be in any space. Like obviously I was a huge nerd in school. So the learning new things, but really anytime that I can um, challenge myself and take on new information. I just get totally geeked out about things and I just then want to talk about it all the time. Like, oh, I read this book. Let's talk about what I learned. No one else cares. Kyle, calm down. It's fine. You can always talk to me about that, Kyle. I'll always listen. Good. I'll just send you my list of books that I've been reading. (laughs) Be like, Alana, we're going to have a two-person book club. Here for that. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So, we talked about all the stuff that you love. What's the coolest thing you're working on right now? You did mention we have our new event management system. I don't believe that's the coolest thing you're working on right now, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. It's related to that. I mean, so in my job, and you guys said that said this in the beginning, but like I have gotten to have my hand in every department already. Um, you know, I did a bit for CSFA in the like transitioning where getting Catherine on board and everything and I've been able to help out with education and and everything although primarily I am in the accounting 
department slash membership. Um, and so I think right now the coolest thing to me is getting to be immersed in our fall programming. So I'm behind a lot of the like online registration for our fall programs. If anyone is not aware of that, you'll see my name on a lot of emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so coming from the member side of CMAA, it's really cool for me to be able to attend all of these events and have a hand in planning them and executing them because uh, that's what I love as a member. And so I get to have best of, of both sides right now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. We t I feel like we talked a little bit about this with the, your, what things that you're passionate about, but like in addition to that, what hobbies do you have? Well, that's hard because COVID. What? <laughs> like, so outside of COVID, I love to visit different wineries and breweries in the area. Um, first of all, to learn more about wine and, and, you know, beer and everything. But also, it's just really beautiful. I love Virginia wine country, which I know that anyone in on the West Coast will like scoff at. But I, I think that we're really blessed here to have some good areas. Um, so I love, I love doing that, but obviously I've not been able to do that. Um, and so during COVID, I've been able to take a lot of walks. Um, I've probably been in DC more in the last six months than in the last six years. Just taking walks around the tidal basin and the monuments and everything has been a lot of fun because it's easy to social distance, but still you get those great sights. Um, and I also watch a lot of Netflix. So I watched all of Suits during quarantine, which I don't know if that's something I should brag about or seek help for. I think um, uh, we could probably give each other a run for our money collectively here on this call about what all the things that we've binge watched during our time of avoiding humans. So don't be ashamed. Be proud. It's fun. Yeah. I like to have a balance of mm -hmm. avoiding humans, but then like seeing, you know, my humans. So... Yeah, those are my hobbies. What else have you That's watched? Your... Oh, sorry, Melissa. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. What else have I watched? Um, I watched Good Omens on Amazon Prime. That was a short but really cool series. Um, I have gotten back into Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Which is Excellent. So good in every way. Um, yeah, those are those are the main ones. Suits was a large endeavor because it's nine seasons. Yeah, that's a long one. We're in a similar mire. My husband has never, well, has seen much of it now. Had never watched Law and Order SVU, which I'm not positive how you can be a functioning human in this world at this point and not have seen at least like a few episodes of that show because it's on constantly. Um, yeah. But he'd never really seen it. And when NBC lost, launched their streaming app, they had, they have all of the, sh the episodes of the show because they had pulled them off Netflix a while ago. I don't know anything about that because I definitely haven't binged that series multiple times. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, so we started that back in like July. Uh, and we're not done yet because there are 21 seasons. So <laughs> we're only like halfway done. Oh, God. 
that's, that's wild. What... I also have been rewatching Grey's Anatomy, which is on its seventeenth season, I think. Sometimes it's good to have those comfort shows that you can just come back to and like when you're you're having some stress and anxiety and life is just feeling a little bit a lot, you just go back to those shows because that's what that is for me. We've been rewatching Shits Creek. Um it's not a bad word, listeners. I promise it's a great show. (laughs) I'm not cursing. Um, but that's what we've been rewatching. And the office for like the umpteenth time. But anyways, classic. Melissa, what have you been watching? Um, let's see. I rewatched earlier this year. I rewatched West Wing, yeah. um, which Ooh. is a, a perennial favorite. Um, and um, I also dove in and watched uh, Schitt's Creek. And um, I'm just finishing up Parks and Rec. Yes. I'm on season seven. Um, so, you know. I mean, there, there's been a lot of other stuff in there. I just honestly can't remember. Oh, uh, the Durrells in Corfu, and um, which you, if you haven't watched, will make is a PBS show in the likes oh. of like a Downton Abbey, um, mm. and it's beautiful because it's set in Corfu. So mm. the it is you see the Mediterranean, and it's if you're looking for an escape. Um, yes, it's a great show to watch. It's on it, Amazon Prime. So it's me. I would like to escape. Yeah, exactly. And it's it was my summer vacation, you know, to the beach that I didn't get. So it was getting to watch the Mediterranean, and it's beautiful. So I'm I'm glad that Melissa's finally watched Parks and Rec, so then I can send her all of my Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson <laughs> gifts, and she'll understand them. So I totally important. get them. Um, totally get them now. Good. That's what we needed, really. Melissa, you were going to ask a question before I got distracted by Netflix. So I, I was just going to tap Alana to um, to tell us what her favorite winery is in, yes. in Virginia. What what which one she's really enjoyed visiting? And you know, I, I visited many about more than ten years ago, but um, I have a couple of favorites as well. So yeah, I think my favorite has been Blue Valley. It's over um, like near Marshall, Virginia, off of Seventeen. Um, and I, I really love it there. It's got a great view, but it's got a really large selection of different wines that I appreciate. I was a member there for a bit and then I realized that it was hard to maintain. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's your favorite, Melissa? Um, I, um, kind of have two that I really have always just thought were really beautiful places to visit. Um, first of all is um, Naked Mountain. And yes, that's the name. Their tasting room is kind of built into the mountain. And they used to in the winter do chili um, on Sundays there Okay. as well. So it kind of had that fun, like you could go when it was an experience and uh, that kind of thing. And then um, Oh, I've totally blanked on the other day. Fired. <laughs> like it's it has been ten years since I did that. Um, but there I mean there's just so many beautiful oh, I'm sorry, Quatragumba is the other one. Yeah. Um and it is beautiful. Um it's a beautiful location. It's in Loudoun County, it's very scenic. Um but not only do they have wine slushies, which are fabulous. I would love. Um, they have a connected. I'm I'm not a beer drinker, but they do have a connected brewery um, as well. And then they also serve pizza. 
so they have a wood fire pizza oven so i mean i as you can tell i like food with my wine and i so yeah. those are the things that stick out for me but i mean there's so many amazing ones and so many amazing um options it's, it's just it's so nice to and, and to have them all honestly you know having so many options within an hour two hours of us yeah i think that my favorite one that i've visited i haven't gone to many i'm not a huge connoisseur myself i mean i like wine don't get me wrong but um i love stone tower um yeah. it's gorgeous and honestly the time that i went out there that i spent significant amount of time i was out there for a wedding that I, we were the group that I sing with was singing in and it was supposed to be outside, but it was a really crummy day. So they moved it inside and we had it in um, their like wine cellar carousing area. So they had like the big, um, like, I don't know, canisters, silo thingies. They were in, we were in there and the, it was a really interesting space to do a wedding because it wasn't like very, it's not very like pretty, but the acoustics in there were incredible. And we sang in like this upstairs area and it was like a choir loft and it was very, very cool. But um, we ended up spending a good part of the afternoon there and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I would 10 out mm -hmm. of 10 recommend, um, recommend that. But yeah, three cheers for Virginia wine country because like you're going to get lovely wine, but then also it's beautiful. Uh -huh. And it's all within yeah. very close driving distance to all of us. So. Mm -hmm. And definitely this time of year when the leaves are changing and you know things are starting to cool down, it's just it's a it's ex exceptional time to be in Virginia. Yes, agreed. Indeed. Well, I think that might wrap us up. This has been a really fun conversation. Um, I think we need to have Alana on the podcast more. Just absolutely. <laughs> Happy to. Um, Melissa, do you have any other questions? Nope. I was just going to say how we are so lucky to have Alana on our team and she's a joy to work with. So I hope that all of our members get to know her. Um, yes. She's wonderful. Thanks. We love her. You guys are fun as well. I really have loved being uh, on the CMA team. Good time. Good. Well, thanks. We're happy to have you and we're excited to keep you around for a long time. You're never <laughs> leaving. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm good at that. It's fine with me. Anyways, well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the podcast sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks, friends. Yay. So before we wrap things up for this episode, Melissa and I wanted to go over a few things. Excuse me, that was emails popping in. Such an exciting time here. Um, we wanted to go over a few things that are coming up this fall and give you a few reminders. So as many of you know, uh, SEMA A's membership year runs through October 31st. That means there are the days are ticking down to renew your SEMA A membership, and it will expire by the end of this month. So please do not forget to return your 2021 dues renewal before October 31st. Um, please make sure that you verify your personal club and chapter information. You can um, make any necessary changes to that information by logging into your profile on SEMAA.org and updating the data there yourself. It's very simple. And you can save time and process your renewal online with your credit card by doing the same. Log into your online portal, go to My Invoices, and you will be walked through how to add your invoice to your cart and make that payment. Uh, we're so looking forward to having all of our members join us for another incredible year in 2021. And 
speaking of October and the fun things you can do this month, um, the Mid-Management Conference is coming up October 19th and 20th. It's an opportunity to get the tools to develop new skills, broaden your horizons, and advance your career goals. So, you know, this conference actually dates back to 1991. It was a grassroots effort developed by the Greater Chicago Chapter to really provide quality educational and networking opportunities for mid management club professionals. So the keynote speaker this year is Peter Sheehan. He is phenomenal. Um, he is internationally known for his innovative business thinking and thought leadership. And his session is going to be provocative and insightful. And he really focuses on how you can take advantage of the opportunities during a chaotic time, which might sound familiar to all of us <laughs> who are experiencing uh, COVID as a chaotic time. But um, I just heard, uh, I just got a really cool uh, video. So check out on our website as well um, to preview. He shared with us a preview via video about what he's going to be talking about. He's not only going to talk about club specific examples, but he's also going to talk from the brighter, uh, broader business world. So he's phenomenal, uh, phenomenal session. So and the other sessions that we'll be talking about are about food and beverage and leadership. So it's really not an event that you want to miss if you are a mid-career professional. Uh, two days virtual event. Uh, so check out our website for more details. The deadline is coming up to register for that. Yes, you can register online. It's very simple and we're excited to share what we have with you. Um, so continuing on this track of more educational opportunities this fall, we are excited to announce in another summit, another summit, a one day summit. Uh, this one is about unlocking the benefits of personality awareness. And this is with Lumina Spark. Now, some of you may be familiar with the Lumina personality assessment tool. Uh, we use it in our BMI courses. Um, it's very well known in our CMA community and actually uh, all of us on staff have done our, B our uh, Lumina profiles as well. Um, but the Lumina Spark tool provides this highly interactive and fun experience in which learners can explore who they are using, as I mentioned, this individualized psychometric profile tool called Illumina Portrait. Uh, it provides this really cool, colorful framework to better understand yourself and helps individuals identify how to improve their working relationships with others. I always say that if you know how someone else likes to communicate and work, it's a lot easier to alter the way you communicate and work with them to then both be successful. Um, by applying the Lumina Spark model, you can unlock many benefits. And this summit includes the personality assessment. Um, which you will complete prior to the event. It's capped at 55 attendees, and this is really with the idea of maximizing interactive and engaging tactics. You know, we don't want it to be too crowded, too many voices in the room, so this is going to be a very exclusive event, and we really, really recommend that you participate. I loved doing Lumina. I think it was very helpful. I found it to be one of the more accurate personality assessments I've ever taken because it's the only one that acknowledges my weird double-sided personality. It's the Gemini in me, what can I say? But uh, we we love Lumina and we really encourage you to register for that event if it's something that you're interested in. Again, you can find that registration information online at cmaa.org slash summits. Awesome. And to round out the month of November, we have the next installment of the Membership and Marketing Summit series, which will focus on outbound marketing. That'll be on November 10th and will address the most pressing issues um, in that area, including social media, 
club culture and automated email marketing, um, an area that Kyle and I are super familiar with Indeed. Um, in, in our work. So this is actually the second um, summit in the series. Uh, the previous summit in August did sell out. So we encourage you, if you're interested, to take advantage of that or if a member, if you find it would be valuable for a member of your team uh, to register early because we did sell out um, but more than two weeks in advance for that event. So, you know, a great slate of fall offerings uh, virtually to connect you and continue to allow you to uh, learn throughout the month. So we encourage you to take advantage of that. And I think that about wraps it up for this um, early edition. Uh, we hope you'll join us for our next edition, which we will preview. will be all about career development, and we're really going to tap into the wisdom of club management. Uh, professionals and recruiters, both sides of the table, to talk through with Copland, Keebler, and Wallace um, what the questions you should be asking as you look to take your next career opportunity. Yep, it's going to be a good one. And we will be premiering that podcast episode during the mid-management conference. So um, another teaser for that, just if, you're, if you want to be one of the first to hear it, that's where you need to go. Uh, so as Melissa said, that wraps us up for this early October edition of Let's Talk Club Management. Um, I'm Kyle, that's Melissa, and we were really pleased to have you with us this week. Thank you. Thanks all, be well. Bye.